Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Thursday, September the 8th, 2022, and we are continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 27, the fourth paragraph, but this man still lives and is a free man. And we're reading through to willing to maintain a certain simple attitude and commenting on that one paragraph only. Today's readers are the 12 steps, Jen P, the 12 traditions, Nancy R, and readers of the text, Nancy R, Jen A, and Nancy C. The uh, share ID for yesterday, Well, for heaven's sake, I didn't write it down. Sorry, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. I did. Share ID for Wednesday, 7 a.m. meeting, 19380. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, 19381. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence, and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jen P. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Lynn. This is Jen P., a uh, recovering compulsive overeater in New Jersey, and grateful to read these wonderful steps. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable, Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. And thank you, Jen P. And Nancy R. will read the 12 traditions. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you so much, Lynn. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy R. in New York. I am a compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do this terrific service, and I pass. Thank you, Nancy R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 27, the fourth paragraph. But this man still lives and is a free man, reading through to willing to maintain a certain simple attitude. Nancy R., could you please get us started? 
Good morning. It's Nancy R. from Illinois. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. But this man still lives and is a free man. He does not need a bodyguard, nor is he confined. He can go anywhere on this earth where other free men may go without disaster, provided he remains willing to maintain a certain simple attitude. Ah. This is, you know, a promise here. Um, I don't need a bodyguard. I don't need to be confined. Um, I am a free woman. I can go anywhere on this earth without disaster. And what I need is to continue to be willing to do this work, to maintain a certain simple attitude, to maintain this attitude of honesty and openness and willingness and action and doing the 12 steps. And yesterday I um, started having food thoughts, which for a compulsive overeater is not unusual, but through the miracle of this program, I haven't had many food thoughts over the last nine months. And so I I got a little scared. And uh, what I'm so grateful for is that the next thought that came to mind was to turn to God, to turn to my higher power. And then the next thought that came to mind was I need to get out of myself and do service. And so I made calls. And, um, you know, I didn't think about it until just now. Um, But I didn't have those food thoughts anymore. So, you know, it's that strange mental twist, and that's what this certain American businessman, Roland, what always brought him back to the drink is what always brought me back to the food. And um, thank God today that twist of my mind brings me back to this program, brings me back to being willing to maintain a certain simple attitude which goes on here as we're going to read in the next few days as to what that is. But what I've been taught that is, is to be honest, open, and willing, and to take action by working the 12 steps. Thanks. That's all I have. And thank you, Nancy R., for getting us started. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Tuesday or Wednesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once as it does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Barbara E. from New Jersey. Shall Q. Ginger P. Lisa B. 
Anita L. Bonnie B. from Minnesota. Okay, let me just see who I heard, please, because I missed somebody, I think. I heard Barbara E., Ginger C., Lisa B., Anita L., Bonnie, and Nancy P. Did I miss anybody? Shall QJ. Sorry, I'm not understanding your first name. Shaukia, S-J-O-U-K-J-E. Okay, great. Thank you. We've got our lineup now. Barbara E., Ginger C., Lisa B., Anita L., Bonnie, Nancy P., and Shaukia. Barbara E., could you go ahead, please? Press star one to unmute, Barbara. Thank you so much. <laughs> the famous last words, am I not unmuted? This is Barbara E., a recovering compulsive overeater from New Jersey. I say recovering because I know this journey is going to go on for life. I'm in a plane with passengers, and they're all just like me. And the pilot is my higher power. I don't know what yours is, but it's guiding it and that the journey's never going to end. I wandered in the desert for 50 years. I threw money at all different kinds of schemes. Psychologists, and I'm not knocking them, because, but they worked for some people. But the psychologist said, Barbara, recline in the chair We'll go through everything, and we'll get through it together. And I said, I can do it, but I can't stay there when I get out of the chair and I'm out of the tunnel. What can I do? I'm screwed. And God took pity on me in 1997 and said she's desperate. She's really face down on the floor. She's going to die from this disease. It's going to kill her. She's had so many doctors tell her this. Her husband's concerned. Her children are concerned. Her colleagues are concerned. Her administrator is concerned. And then God led me to Overeaters Anonymous. And I heard your voices. I saw your eyes because we were still face-to-face then. And I believed you. You seem to have found a solution in this AA Big Book. So why not follow it? If the doctor tells me to take um, my antibiotic pills and take it for 10 days, I'm not going to say, well, I'll take it for seven days and then that's enough. I'm going to do everything I can because I want to solve this problem. I've got this gravitational pull that will always pull me back to the food. So I pray every day before my breakfast, please, God, let this food nourish me. And then after that, not go back to the food again. And I make a call to a random member, and I say, I'm making you my breakfast dessert call. And that's my covert way of saying kitchen clothes to lunch. And I do the same thing after lunch and after dinner. I need these things. I weigh the food on the scale. I know that the scale between my ears is a thick place to be. 
you wouldn't want to go there with some kind of protection. I hate to say the word gun, but I know I need you. I need the fellowship. I need the service. I need the tools. I need the steps. I need everything. If I'm going to die with this um, addiction, that's okay. I'm here. But I don't have to die because of it. And I wish you all a blessed day. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Ginger C., it's your turn, followed by Lisa B. Good morning, Ginger. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you so much for doing service. Great job getting the lineup. I always am a marvel that uh, the morning people doing that. So um, I am a real compulsive overeater, and I'm in Colorado. And I only wish I were a free man. Uh, today's day one, and I ask for your prayers. And I know from a dear friend that this is all about the actions that I take to get back to an abstinent state. And, you know, my warning is just that sentence at the end, provided means I'm conditioned that, and with the understanding, he remains willing to maintain a certain simple attitude. This daily work, this daily reprieve, it's 24 hours, and that's all any one of us have. And I will absolutely promise you my relapse began when I stopped doing what was working. And so I can't even tell you, you've heard me now, and it's almost been a year since I picked up the bite, and I'm still struggling. But I'm not going to give up. And uh, anyone that's struggling with me today, don't give up. You do not know how close this could be for us. Only God sees around corners. But I do know, too, abstinence equals quiet. My food was not quiet. Sometimes it was during that five years. But a lot of the times I was still secretly getting an effect. Didn't see it because I'm in full flight from reality when it comes to food. And I was confused because I had the same body size. My pants were still fitting. I was feeling good. So I'm so grateful despite this great pain of the relapse because when you eat, there's pain. And a lot of you know I lost my sister a month ago due to alcoholism, and I can't even tell you the pain of what I'm walking in today. And it's only worse because the food's with it. So I pray that I get back to a quiet way of eating. That's when I know I'm abstinent and that I can get back and get closer to God because to go through this pain work of losing this sister, I need to be abstinent and I need to be so close to God. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. Lisa B., it's your turn, followed by Anita L. Please go ahead, Lisa. Good morning. My name is Lisa B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. Thank you, Lynn. This is such an amazing paragraph. I, I almost feel kind of like speechless, but I felt like I just needed to get on the line and share. Um, you know, it, it talks about provided he remains willing to maintain a certain simple attitude, and that's the key. You know, the pages that we haven't come to yet in our big book study this time around, but we will be soon. Pages 62 to 60, or 60 to 63, you know, that's that certain simple attitude that we're going to learn, that I have to learn about. And even though I have neutrality with the food and I'm recovered, that 
ego, you know, it rebuilds itself and it's so subtle and insidious. And if I'm not staying really in a surrendered place in my heart to my God, um, it comes back. It comes back like what I want becomes most important. What about my rights? What about me? I, it, that becomes like the guiding force of my life and I start to judge and criticize the people in the rooms and the people on the line and it's all in my head it's not a, it's not coming out of my mouth yet it's not showing in my actions yet but it will start you know and those are the things that builds that wall up and starts to separate me from God I have found today where I am that everything I want to be everything I want to have, I actually have to pour out as an offering to God. I have to give it as a sacrifice to God. Everything I want to be, everything I want in my life, I have to say, not my will, thy will be done. And sometimes it's hard, you know, and I, um, I come across those bumpy places inside of me that are painful and it, it's riddled with fear. And I realize that I have been in an agnostic mode. And I didn't even know it. I didn't even know that I'm being an agnostic and I have to let God come in deeper, you know, and continue with this work. And I can't do it off by myself on a hill, meditating and journaling, you know, it's through working with others, with recovered fellows as sponsors and with newcomers being a sponsored, I mean, being, you know, sponsoring and a lot of prayer and meditation and inventory work and gratitude and laughter you know all through the way but this it's really um sometimes challenging provided he remains willing to maintain a certain simple attitude it's that attitude of surrender and ego deflation i'm not god i'm not god and what i want can't be on that throne and sometimes i don't know i'm in that mode again you know until i stumble over myself but as long as i am abstinent and surrendered and in this work i have a chance to be happy joyous and free even though sometimes it's really hard so with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B. Anita L., it's your turn, followed by Bonnie. Anita, welcome. Oh, thank you, Lynn. That was beautiful. I do feel welcome. Um, and I feel my higher power within my soul right now. And if the words that come out will come from my higher power. Oh, so um, I've wanted to share over the past couple days and even un thought I was unmuted at one point and my voice wasn't heard. That was because I was meant to wait until today because it talks of freedom. And that is who I am today. I am one with my higher power today. Together we walk to get together as free. Um, I'm no longer chained by the food um, and need to go to that way of life. Instead, I'm choosing to go to a spiritual way of life. And um, I was rewarded this morning already being able to see that because I do a meditation routine with a partner. She lives in South Carolina, so it's long distance. And, you know, the vibes can be felt over the line. It doesn't matter 
when I go to spirituality, then I'm filled. And anyway, we do writing after we meditate. And I just wrote about how I was hopeless, you know. Um, When I lived in my 20s, I was riddled with addiction. And I saw what I was doing to myself. And I was in OA back then. And my higher power took me and lifted me up and changed me. It's been a slow, long journey. However, now I'm in my 60s, and I am a free woman. I had freedom throughout that, you know, those years from time to time. However, today it's different. And I want to wake up at 5.30 in the morning because I recognized if I don't and start a meditation routine at 6, it just won't get done through my day because it becomes busy once I start. So I need to get up extra early and I'm willing to do that so I can be with my God, my higher power, the love who carries me, the love and the light. So I'm feeling so much gratitude today and this paragraph which promises freedom, I can just share with you guys. It's happening to me. And if it can happen to me, where I was one of those hopeless people, it can happen for all of you as well. Because I'm no different than you. So together, yes, thank you. Together we can do what we could never do alone. Thank you so much. And thanks, Lynn, for your service. I pass. Thank you, Anita L. Bonnie, it's your term, followed by Nancy P. And can we have the initial of your last name, please? Good morning, Lynn. Yes, it's Bonnie B. Gratefully recovered from the state of Minnesota. Good morning, everyone. What a beautiful paragraph for us today. Um, So this man still lives and is a free man. Um, This man still lives indicates that this man could have or should have died. And I would say that's me. and he's free, and free where? I mean, in the end, yes, free in my body, but most importantly, free in my head. And I've shared this many times. My lockdown wasn't necessarily in my body. I was never, you know, hundreds of pounds overweight, um, but I was in lockdown in my head. I was not free in my head. And so not only do I live, but I'm free. And why do I live? So I can fit myself to be of maximum service to other people. But there's a condition. And it says provided. That's the condition. What do I have to do? Provided that I'm willing to maintain a certain simple attitude. What's the attitude? Um, I don't have a chance without God. That's the attitude for today. And again, yesterday and tomorrow, it has to be. I do not have a chance to survive and be of service without God interjecting. And so, yes, um, as the previous share indicated, I choose to get up by the grace of God early so I can connect to, so I can plug in. Because if I don't plug in, I can't do it. If I could have done it, I would have done it. And all the tools and all the things that I tried to like produce didn't do it. And so I, I need to maintain um, that certain simple attitude. Plug into God again. Why? So that I can be of service to other people throughout the course today. I have to live in 10, 11, and 12. And the idea of like, you know, what am I, what is the simple attitude? It's the attitude of surrender, 
a, for me, a full surrender. I open the palms of my hands every morning, and I, and I, I pray the third-step prayer, and I say, God, I offer you everything that's in my hands. And I ask him, is there anything I'm closing my hands around today? You know, my children, my grandchildren, my program, my food, anything. And I ask him to show me those things, and I once again surrender those at his altar because I can't handle any of it. All of it takes me back to my head. And when I go back to my head, I go right back to myself. And for me, that's a problem. And so every single day, I surrender. I surrender everything to him by working in 10, 11, and 12 to the best of my ability, offering him not my list, but my heart, because I know that he wants my heart. And if I offer him my heart, he will show me everything else that I need to give to him. And then I have a desire within me, and he gives me um, the power to release those things throughout the course of the day. And so um, grateful. I think that's all I'll share, and I appreciate you guys so much. And um, thanks, Lynn, again for leading. Have a blessed day, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you, Bonnie B. Nancy P., it's your turn, followed by Shock Youth. Nancy, please go ahead. Thank you so much for letting me share Nancy P., recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Uh, so I thought I was going to die, but the punishment was that I couldn't. I had to live, and I couldn't stop eating, and I saw no light, and I was miserable, and if I was awake, I was chewing something unless I was working or sleeping or with my family. And I did these steps exactly as they laid out in the book, especially four through nine. Well, especially all of them, but in the, for this, with these purposes, for this year, it's four through nine. And um, I was guided by my sponsor, and I did everything she told me as hard as I could immediately, immediately, immediately. And what happened was that my brain changed, and I didn't even know it was happening. And putting down the food wasn't enough for me. I know that because I kept picking it up again. I kept putting it down for some amount of time and then picking it up again. And I worshipped abstinence, and it never worked. I only pursued abstinence, and it never worked. And I saw other people that were happy, joyous, and free, and I, and I was you know, angry and jealous and resentful. How come her and not me? And if it's going to be me, I only thought of my awful thinking coexisting with my obsession. And I can tell you also from personal experience that obsession and abstinent living in the same space in my brain, I'd rather be dead. But this promise of living without disaster is a massive understatement. Once I did these steps, once I, you know, got past that today, not only do I live without disaster, I thrive. Even when my life sucks, I thrive. I do everything that free women do and more. I feel like more. I mean, I feel like I do everything that I want to do. And, you know, I do, I, my life is packed with wonderfulness and amazingness and fantasticness. I can't weigh and measure my way out of this problem. I can't even act my way into right thinking. None of that signifies. I wasn't willing to put the food down and I wasn't desperate to put it down. I was willing and desperate to eat and be thin. And what did I have to do to get better? I had to be ferociously single-minded in my pursuit of recovery and there was only one path, one. My certain attitude was nothing other than Say it with me, surrender, surrender, surrender. It was the only hard thing that I ever did in this process. Everything else was at worst slightly uncomfortable or, you know, tedious. But the surrender part was the only hard thing. It was so worth it. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. And Shock you, Jay, it's your turn. Please go ahead. 
Hi, this is Shaukyo J from Ohio, and you spell my name S-J-O-U-K-J-E, and I'm a compulsive overeater, and I assume you can hear me. Um, he does not need a bodyguard, nor is he confined, and for me, what I've done in the past is play games. I'm a really good uh, uh, game player, and so... Um, my previous sponsors um, were helping me to find a food plan, but what I did is, um, as a really uh, good addict, I was playing games, and so I was constantly putting um, the responsibility of my abstinence outside of myself. And um, I realized that by looking at bodyguard, um, the word bodyguard is like, yeah, I used my sponsor as a bodyguard. It was um, their job to keep me in line, not God's job, not my job to do my part. Um, so I just realized I think I have to go and make an amend to a previous sponsor of mine around that. And um, it's... Um, same with the nutritionist. The nutritionist gives me information, but that doesn't mean they're responsible for me or for my food. And it's not their fault if I relapse or if I do something wrong. So that um, it really made me realize I have to surrender to God. No more games. And that's what I've been working through in the last, uh, it's going to be 10 years in November now that I've been in this program. And it's going through those motions of learning and not giving up and keep going um, and finding out what works and what doesn't work that I'm able to really zoom in and tune in to that surrender. Um, surrender, 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 as one of my fellows says. Um, so that is really the only solution is having that simple attitude of turning to my God, um, being honest, open, and willing, working the steps. No more games. Stop playing games, Shaukya. Stop playing games. Because as long as you play games, you're putting the power outside of, of um, God. And um, there's always somebody willing to play the game because it's so much, you know, it's so much easier than to just surrender. But once I was able to realize that surrender is the only way God is my higher power is the only solution. <clears throat> then um, things just get a lot easier. Then that is really the easier way, not the outside way. So thank you so much for letting me share and I'll pass. Thank you, Shakia J. And for those of us who may have come on the line a little bit later this morning, we are continuing our study of the big book. In the chapter, there is a solution on page 27, the fourth paragraph. But this man still lives a free man. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Tuesday or Wednesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Raina L. Rachel B. Rachel B. Sarah L. Okay, let me tell you. Rachel B. Dara L. Linda D. And Vasa O. Who did I miss, please? Heidi B. New York. 
Rena L. Roz. Okay, Roz I've got our lineup. Thank you. I've got Rachel B, Dara L, Linda D, Vasa O, Heidi B, and Rena. Rachel B, can you start us off, please? Did I hear a Rachel B? Okay, Dara This is Rachel B oh. from Ohio. Thank you for your service. Great, thank I am really struck this morning by this word disaster because I think that it seems like as I'm peeling back the layers and noticing more of what um, what life is like without uh, compulsive eating, that basically I have feared disaster my whole life, that I have spent most of my life confined and compelled by my fear of disaster, I've even given it a name. It's just doom. I think that doom will befall if I, whatever, fill in the blank, don't complete this task, um, uh, displease anyone. Uh, it's becoming clear that a hundred forms of fear fill my life and I'm afraid of disaster. Um, and what has been given me by this beautiful willingness to maintain a certain simple attitude is freedom from fear of disaster, and also freedom from having to judge what is going to be disastrous and what is not. Um, I, I, in my latest um, recommitment to the steps, was noticing that I don't really know what the well-known stages of a spree are, at least they're not well-known to me, but recent revelation from higher power has shown me that I'm no better for me. And the first stage, if you put it on a clock at noon, is feeling restless, irritable, and discontent. And basically, that's fear of disaster for me. But two, like one o'clock is calling that a problem, um, actually fearing the disaster, saying, this is saying, I, okay, this is a problem. And then, you know, two o'clock is deciding I need to fix that problem, and, and probably it's going to be with food. But if I can have a certain simple attitude between noon and one o'clock between feeling the fear and calling it a problem, the attitude ends up being what I heard on this line already this morning. I love it. It's just, it's this five-step pause that God has given me. It's, it's kind of silly to have all these steps to it, but they're very quick. And the first one is arrest my motion. The second one is turn my hands up, just whatever I'm doing, put palms up. And the third one is to breathe in such a way that the stomach that I always just suck in all the time flops out and my shoulders relax. And the fourth is to feel what's holding my weight, which is usually my feet. Sometimes it's my butt, whatever is holding my weight. And the fifth one is to listen. And what I hear first is going to be doom. It's always this like urgent thing pushing on me. But the amazing gift, like the willingness of maintaining this certain simple attitude with my body and with my spirit of listening, is that behind the doom, that's where God's guidance is, where the quiet indication of next thing to do. Um, So I'm grateful today. Thank you so much. I will pass. 
Thank you, Rachel B. Dara L., it's your turn, followed by Linda D. Good morning, Dara. Great. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater, usually in Philadelphia, um, but traveling, which is really part of the freedom that I that I get from this program. And um, I was thinking about how when I was, I think I was in my early 20s and I um, was in treatment yet again, and I was sitting across from the social worker and she said, you are going to die of bulimia or, you know, or you're going to need to be institutionalized for the rest of your life. And the truth is, she was right. Like she was 100% right. I, I was on this crash course to death. I was committing suicide with food and I could not stop. And I was going insane. I, you know, it was hijacking my body and hijacking my life. And yet today I am free. Like I, I get to be, I'm currently traveling. I get to share a room with someone. Like I could never do that in my disease. I was, I like, it was too embarrassing what I was doing with food. I was such a bottom of the barrel, you know, alcoholic level eater and, and to be able to, to be in spaces where I'm surrounded by people and, and, and free and, you know, dealing with life on life's terms is, is incredible to me. Um, and I take it for granted. I take it for granted every single day and that's okay. I mean, I think God appreciates that I have this certain simple attitude or I try to anyway and I was thinking about how all of these beautiful people shared on the line um, and it just like it lit me up on the inside knowing that each of them have a relationship with God but I was thinking about myself you know as a newcomer or someone in relapse and how I might feel um, and and like so much of what was shared seemed so lofty to me and so inaccessible it, it would have been really inaccessible for me um, and, and I'm still in my spiritual infancy. So sometimes when people talk about their relationship with God, I'm like, oh my God, like that sounds amazing to me. And it sounds totally out of reach. But I'm reminded of the part in the big book where it talks about how God does not make too hard of terms with those who seek God. And, um, you know, if it's going to be simple, which I need it to be for me, I can just start wherever I am. You know, I, I one of my first prayers was F you to God. One of my second prayers was help me help you help me and I just would say that you know over and over again and I really believe that it doesn't like it doesn't matter where we are the big book tells me that those who don't get this or those who are constitutionally incapable of being honest if I just bring my honest self my honest heart where I am in this current moment to God and not try to be more spiritually woke than I am um, God's going to save me you know and and it will require me to be entirely abstinent and honest with the food um, but since I put the food down anytime I put the food down it's always been about me developing a relationship with God that grows over time and over practice and God is so patient with me it's not a linear growth I have moments of agnosticism I go through difficult times there are times when I feel freer than others but yeah I heard that um but yeah really glad to be here and welcome to anyone who's new or struggling um and I'll pass thank you Dara L Linda D., it's your turn, followed by Vasa O. Welcome, Linda. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. And um, I'm still in my body, so I'm going to assume I need to surrender deeper. God is the most important relationship in my life. I was 38 years old before I found out 
that I needed one. I, I didn't even know OA existed, and I'd lived half my life. So here I am. I'm in a rehab, not because I volunteered, but because I'm physically sick. I have a UTI. I didn't even know what one is. Someone who has a family member who is a doctor kindly said, yes, that that exists, and it could make you nuts, which explained why I was on the floor um, crying and crazy. The person saved my life. They turned me around. They turned me back to vision and what's going on and how important it is to come back to God. This is where I found God, Overeaters Anonymous, particularly, particularly a vision for you, which is just a healthy meeting. Wow, that's an understatement. And I love being with God. I'm with God all the time, all the time, all the time. But I'm human. Of course I screw up. And then I have to say, could you help me? And of course, strange things happen. I get help over and over and over, whether it's from a sister or a brother in program or the next person that comes through the door. I'm so grateful to be where I can physically get well because I I am injured and learn how to cooperate with this loving presence that's always present as long as somebody reminds me, you're really messed up when you're messed up. It's really easy to be messed up because I'm human. As long as I'm in a body, which I am, I can really complicate things. I'm very, very grateful to be here and have everyone's help and their prayers. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Vasa O, it's your turn, followed by Heidi B. Good morning, Vasa. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you for your service. And Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered compulsive reader calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I love this paragraph. And I love when I heard about the solution of, uh, for the food addiction and uh, I remember many, many, many years ago, I thought I was just going to die being into it. But I remember re- reading the first edition. It says, uh, we all, we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than uh, 100 men and women who have recovered. And that's what gave me hope. And especially it said men and women and I am just so grateful that I have found uh, Over Eaters Anonymous and the big book. And I'm not afraid any longer of the food addiction. And I love this paragraph, but this man still lives. And I am, that woman still lives today. And I could be dead by now. I could be very, very sick woman. And I don't need a bodyguard. And I, when, I was, when I was into, I need, my higher power is my bodyguard today. But before I came to the programs, I remember thinking, well, if if my husband just locks me in the room and I can't get out there to get the food, then he goes to work, then then I won't be able to get the food. 
But today, I can go any place, I can go anywhere, and I feel safe and protected because I was being able to surrender to a power greater than myself and the program and the 12 steps and the tools, and uh, I'm just so grateful. It's like the alcoholic, he's free, he can go and work in in a bar and feel free. He doesn't have to pick up the the alcohol, and that's the way I feel today. I I feel like I'm spiritually fit. I can go anywhere. I can be, um, you know, I can go anywhere, any place. I've gone to Europe in vacations. I've gone to on cruises. I mean, before my before I came to my higher power, for me to go to on a cru on a cruise with that food and everything. That what I was looking forward to do then. And then I remember going on a cruise when I was into my, I'll wrap it up, uh, when I was recovering, and I remember losing two pounds by the time I came home after being on a cruise. But I feel safe and protected today. It is by the grace of God, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Oh, Heidi B., it's your turn, followed by Rena. And if we take about two minutes each, everybody will get in. Thank you. Hi, Heidi B. from New York. Thanks for letting me share. Um, yeah, the, when I um, read this this morning, the first thing that um, I thought about was all of the ways that um, I created, um, you know, bondage for myself. Um, and that's what I think of, you know, I think of the third step prayer, you know, um, I I need freedom from the bondage of myself. And I, you know, i remember like uh, I would give my credit card um, to my boyfriend and or put it in the freezer so that I wouldn't you know go and spend money on food and um, or you know I deleted the seamless app from my phone so that I wouldn't order and um, which I did a lot of of, and um, you know and I, I thought about trying to lock the refrigerator I've heard people do that and I didn't have the means of doing it, but I certainly thought about it. Um, and I did admit myself voluntarily to a facility, um, you know, for, for binge eating. And these were all just, you know, ways that I was trying to control. Um, it was, it was bondage. And this free, this, uh, program is about freedom, not bondage. Um, and I, I just had the thought that, you know, I, I've always, I've always said that I want to be happy. Um, and I recently heard that happiness is actually a byproduct of, of other things. It's never direct. You can never get happiness directly. And, um, I realized that, um, I get happiness from doing service, which is something that I, you know, didn't want to do when I was in self. And, um, I, you know, I just had the thought that, thank you. I'll, I'll pass it down. Thank you. Thank you, Heidi B. And Rena, it's your turn. And could we have the initial of your last name, please? Thank you. Hi, this is Rena L. from Ohio, recovering compulsive overeater. Good morning, everyone. I um, I love this reading, and it's perfect for me this morning about being free. I am, I'm traveling right now, and I've had the experience of, in previous rela- uh, abstinences before relapse of feeling free and being so grateful while traveling. And what I forget 
is provided I maintain a certain spiritual attitude. And I think today what that means today is I, before this, I actually missed the call with my sponsor, which I feel horrible about. And I realized as I'm sitting here that that's something I would normally sit with all day and think, I can handle this. I've got this. I, I know how to work the food. When what I really need to do after this call is write out a 10th step about it and call someone in this program and bring it to God and get help with it. And that that is maintaining a certain spiritual attitude. And I've never really known what that meant before. I thought it was magic beans that I just couldn't get. Um, and I'm grateful. Uh, I'm just so grateful I heard everyone's comments and how they just went. I just related so much from deleting the food apps to locking myself up away from things to try to not get it and how it never worked. My disease always found a way around it, always. And how grateful I am to be here with you all. So thank you. Thank you, Rena L. Thank you to everyone who shared and thank you to Team Thursday. Please join us for a second unrecovered hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Thursday, September 8th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 19383. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Jen A., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Will do, Lynn. Thanks. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you don't have. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. <clears throat> we shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>